interchanging mind control. Come let the revolution take its toll. If you could flick the switch to open your third eye, see that we should never be afraid to die. Rise up and take the power back. Turn the back paths had a heart attack. Know that their time's coming to an end. We have to unify and watch the flag ascend. Funny is coming in good. All right. So it's the November and everyone is feeling defeated. We may have gotten the house by the skin of our teeth. Americans feel wounded. They feel like they can't win. They, they, government. It was the local communities. It was the Democrats. The Democrats did this. Is it the Democrats? Was it China? Was it China? Was it Dominion this time? Or maybe ES&S? How's um, Pauline Take a step back. Take a step back. Don't look at it from the perspective of you. Take a step back. Now look at the United States. From the moon, a bunch of spectators realizing they don't like the movie they're watching. Spectators. 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 
watching a movie, wanting to get out of that movie theater, but can't. They've supported teams that have audited the machines, failed. Teams that have figured out the ballot scanning machines and failed. Lawsuits supported candidates they were told to support, were told to sit back and just eh, trust the plan and failed. Supported people who were telling them how fantastic everything is and failed. So as you're looking at it, everything seems meek. Our nation looks weak. We've failed, right? Now, a few years ago, I've stated we only need 1%. 1%. If 1% can be achieved in the most unlikely places, with the most unlikely attacks, unlikely to ever succeed, well then, you win. See, right now, everything that I've told you that everyone's hated me on for, of course, I was right. Now, I'm not saying it to boast. I'm saying it for you to understand. You have to see it to believe it. You see, they create these personas that are legitimate, like Ray Epps, totally not Ray Epps. You know, like your Pasobics, your, I don't know, non-influencers, whatever you want to call them, right? Some of them mean well, and they just get carried away. Other people just are there for the reason that they're there for, which is to confuse you, to perpetuate the fog of war. See, this is why I'm disagreed with those with good intentions to amplify the fog of war. Now, I myself understand that disinformation is the best cloak anyone can wear because it is. Disinformation can give you more cover than being straightforward. Why is everyone blowing up my phone right now? Seriously. <laughs> disinformation can give you more cover than anything. And that's why I've always said, don't trust me. But I have said, listen to your president carefully. That's so funny. So a few days ago, seriously, people need to stop texting me. A few days ago, I sent a link to a lot of people of the most raw cut of the documentary. Enjoy the show. And you know what's funny? Aside from calling it, what is it, extras or actors, we call them central casting. That's true. I think people are getting it now. See, disinformation not only hides you, but it hinders them from understanding you. So, like I said, I remember when I was running for office, one person would say, I'm CIA. The other person would say, she's not CIA. One person would say this, the other person would say that, and it's like, well, which one is it? I hope I've been a very good example to show you how disinformation can seem like a disadvantage sometimes, 
but it's an actual grand advantage. Here's why. As you observed the elections yesterday, you already knew that this was going to be a repeat, a nightmare you can't wake up out of. But everyone assured you that they're watching. I mean, we had the National Guard, we had all these teams, and you're watching it, and you can see it. And you can see it because you're taking the 40,000-foot view. You're understanding it because you're taking the 40,000-foot view, right? I mean, come on. Pennsylvania has a handicapped governor. All you're going to see is an avatar. You'll never see him again. You'll never see him again. He will be in a basement, and someone has been cast for the role, and it's game over. Now, while many will sit and say, well, this is the time we break from Trump. Now, many will say, this is what we have to do because President Trump did something stupid. He put Oz up, not Oz, who was created by Oprah. Really? So all your whistleblowers that were created by evil are all bad now? Hmm? Hmm? Dr. Oz was the perfect candidate for Pennsylvania, and I'll tell you why. The left liked him. Have you ever watched any of his Dr. Oz shows? Right? Have you ever watched it? Very impartial, very open-minded, and he's a fantastic cardiologist. Fantastic at Sloan Catering. One of the brightest. For me, his ideologies that sink back to his roots um, of Turkey, which are a little bit more stringent, concern me. But when you look at someone, you don't look at what other people tell you. You look at them as a whole. And as a whole, he looked okay. And they actually voted with their heart. We might have not had exactly what we had. But it's okay. It's totally okay. Because now you're seeing how Fox is saying, well, do you guys remember that? And that was the sowing of the seeds of doubt in the Republican Party. And then there are the reporters. The reporters that seem conservative, the Greg Gutfields and, you know, the Sean Hannity's and, you know, that's it and tell you that, you know, Trump lost, you know, I guess everyone loves DeSantis because Florida had a great run. Hmm. That's interesting. Sometimes you have to look like you are weak. You want them to believe that, well, no, you want them to smell the blood in the water. You want them to come for you. You want them to come for you. It's like bait. It's chum in the water. Chum. Well, many will tell you that he picked the wrong horses. He knew exactly what he was doing. Exactly what he was doing. You gotta throw the chum. You know, perspective. There was this weird anonymous account on Truth Social that said, Tori, you attacked Anon. Vote. I don't even know what that means. You mean anonymous people? Or anonymous people that would read the Q drops and interpret it? Hmm. Please. 
I was only saying the truth. Nobody likes the truth. The truth is infiltration. Infiltration. See, someone can show you, what is it? Take the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. At this point, he's taking you to the water, and it's your choice to drink or not. The opportunity for you to choose will be at your feet very soon, like next week. One thing we should always do is use objectivity. And I'll tell you how things happen, like in, in, in the sense of how they occur. Is that the right way of saying it? How they occur? How they occur? So in a psychological operation, you have the principal and the counterpart. Right. So in this, the principle right now is, you know, you. And then you have the counterpart, which is, you know, the engagement target, the opposite side. Now, as both of these ends of the spectrum fight, there are specific points in this fight that you can decide to walk away and choose an alternative, right? There's a zone of possible agreement. You know, like say you have, let's pretend. Uh, No, not let's pretend. Let's see it like this. It's us, the people, against the establishment. That's the counterpart, right? That's the engagement target. So as you clash, you come closer together to the middle, right? To the middle. And as you come closer together to the middle, where you will crash against each other, like literally crash against each other, it is at that point that either your notion, we the people, wins or their notion wins. But there's a crucial point before the two parties engage in actual war. And that's where the ZOPA zone ticks in. ZOPA stands for Zone of Possible Agreement. This is where, uh, you know, you or the opposing party possibly reach an agreement. That's before, you know, somebody wins, right? But there's an initiation of that zone where the escalation is. Right now, for we the people, we're at that principal decision point. This is the point that we are at. The other side has come into the Zopa zone, far into it, trying to reach you, the people. I want you to think of it like a spectrum. Two sides. Think of a line A and B. You're A and the establishment is B. In the middle, we clash. But B has already come over the middle, right? And it's like three quarters of the way to you, to own you, okay? Think of it. B has come over to you. At that three-quarter point, which is your one-quarter point to nominate establishment, is your decision point. The people right now have actually moved forward to dominate the establishment, and they're at this point of principle. Choice. Principle choice. The beginning of the Zopa zone right? Whereas the establishment has like totally plowed through the Zopa zone and entered into your own, you are now at the beginning. 
This is where you make a decision for a better negotiated agreement. And this is exactly what they're pushing. Like I said, not everyone's going to make it on the other side. Where the precipice really is. The precipice is here. And it's decision time very soon. I mean, next week. It's coming to the table. So you must think, because once you make that choice, there is no going back. There are no more exit ramps. This is the beginning of that Zopa zone. And this is the moment that you, the people, have to decide. Do I cut my losses and go for something alternative, which will negotiate with the establishment? Or am I all in? Because right now they've convinced you that a handicapped guy that couldn't even string two sentences is the governor of Pennsylvania. They're convincing you that what's going on in Arizona is okay. And Oz lost. (laughs) Like that was like the perfect selection. And then we saw them calling results for elections at like 13% of the, you know, called in. So they called in, you know, 13% of the votes and they already called the race. I know in Ohio, they called the governor and he put his pre-recorded message when only 30% of the votes were counted. And then observing like I did... The Secretary of State race, because I was part of it, I was crossing my fingers to get that 1%, which actually turned out to be 1.07% that I got. I was watching it very carefully, and I noticed how the votes came in in batches. And I was actually surprised. And with my team yesterday, we were kind of just sharing and watching and refreshing and betting how many more votes and this and percentages. I think every Ohioan is thinking, there's no way the Democrat got anywhere near those votes. Considering 8 million were registered, but under half of them actually voted, that's a really big deal. Very big deal. Only half of them actually voted in an election that they said was unprecedented turnout. In the state of Ohio, only half of the registered voters voted, which means Something's going on with voter registration. That's number one. But number two, it also tells you how rigged it is. No one would believe that Chelsea Clark got a million votes. She has never had an event. She never spoke to any of them. She was interviewed twice by, you know, the channels. And that's about it. I mean, I did more stumping than she did. And I only got 1.07 of the vote, which is kind of extraordinary because this is a statewide race. I didn't go to every state. I wasn't on TV. I wasn't on the voter guide. I was completely silenced and I still got 1%. That's all we need is 1%. And the program clicks. See, today I was screening portions of the J6, lights, camera, J6. And as we're going through annotating and highlighting certain portions of it, I think my heart sank a little because... As it was being put together, you know how sometimes you put things together and because they make sense, but then when you actually see it together, it opens your eyes differently. I think my documentary is going to disappoint a lot of people, but it's imperative that people see it. So that way, now that they enter this 
point of time where they make a decision, that point of your decision point where you can walk away and choose an alternative, you know, you have to see it because the best alternative negotiated agreement is what people want at this point because they're tired. These elections were intended to wear you out, to get you depressed, to want to walk away and stop fighting. And looking at it, I was like, damn, I'm going to take a whole faction down of people that people still think are on their side, that are giving them information to help them, that are being used by other factions of, I I want to say influencers, whatever, right? To boast their victimhood and how amazing they are. So you have to think when they give you and present to you this alternative negotiated agreement, which is not going to be an agreement to you. It'll be another pathway. You have to really assess the viability of that because I don't think people are ready to settle. I think the people are all in. And all you need to do is listen to your president. Listen carefully to what he says. Watch what he does. Don't listen to people that are talking to you about 5D chess and magic potions, all right? It's not that difficult. I mean, you know, if he chooses to run as an independent, there's a case in SCOTUS that makes that happen, which is pretty awesome. <clears throat> That's one topic of conversation I was having with um, my attorneys. And who knows? I may be running for something else, definitely independent and non-two-party. And besides, my case is repeatable across the nation. And what if President Trump decided to go with an alternate party or no party affiliation, just him? Would he not have the right to appoint election observers or have the right to be treated fairly and the same. I'm just saying, I'm spitballing here. I guess SCOTUS will be ruling on that. See, that's how it goes. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who have opinions that think they understand how everything is. You're going to see a lot of these pundits and even cyber experts, right? I mean, I don't know how Mastriano lost. Can anybody tell me that? Like, I'm so confused. So confused. This is really weird. <laughs> right? And this is why they did it. The more they confuse you, the more they touch you, the more you'll take the negotiated agreement. See, these are the same types of operations that have been conducted in nations around the world. This is how we overtake governments. We don't just install machines, of course. You think we're going to take them? We don't just offer our people to help usher their elections, okay? We don't. We go in there and we melt their brains with disinformation. We sow so much doubt within their population that they don't know who's good, who's bad. That's when you win. You win when the other person can't see. 
When the other person can't understand, when the other person is questioning everything and getting nowhere, right? You're so busy asking questions, you're doing absolutely nothing. And unfortunately, and this is why I say, the pedestrian idiots that have suddenly been cast into the role of influencers are actually unknowingly, but willingly used by the establishment to target the people that are actually trying to make change. And that's the way it always is. There are so many people around our nation that have done so much. Because everyone's like, why doesn't somebody do something? There are a lot of people that did something. And they're no longer with us because they did it. And I mean, look at me. They've taken my name. They have maimed it with leftist talking points. And remember, who, aside from Waypo or whatever, who thumped the leftist attacks on me? That's right. The people that hijacked the original Tea Party. The original Tea Party was hijacked. The people that hijacked the original Tea Party, that are the McCainers Tea Party, are the ones. And you know, why would you pick operatives like that? I mean, it doesn't make sense. This military-industrial complex with very confusing generals, they're desperate because they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel to be amplifying voices that don't make sense. All they do is thump. The people are tired of the thumping. What we need is a shift. I think it would be amazing if we could hear the media keep saying, Trump, King, Trump, King, Trump, King. I mean, after all, what's that? the little king books and then we had you know the video of the lion and he's the king of the jungle and then ha, we have a trump king ticket and everyone's chanting trump king trump king i would just love to see the the, the left saying this is a Trump king. Yeah, Trump is the king, right? This would be so incredible to watch, almost like it was planned perfectly by very smart people. And they played right into that trap. This election was nothing but the point of entering the Zopa zone, where you decide if you will accept an alternate or continue on the path of all in. It is at this point that there are no more exit ramps. In any negotiation, either that be in the field or in business, you know how that works. There's two parties to an agreement, A and B. There's a point a quarter into the way toward the middle of that opposite spectrum, right? Think of it, segment line. On the, on the right, we have A. On the left, we have B. A quarter way in to them meeting in the middle, that's where they make their choice. 
the establishment, B, has already come and met us at our quarter point, at our decision point where we decide, do we go all in or do we choose something alternative is here. This is the precipice right here, right now. I would love to see a President Donald J. Trump and Vice President Alveda King ticket only to hear the chance Trump King to make them foam at the mouth. That is what I want to see. Alveda King is a centrist and, and has good conservative values, but actually a very tempered uh, view of progressive values. She would definitely pull all the votes from the left. And considering the fact that she can actually be one, the first African-American female president, I kind of love it. I say that because, you know, things happen that are natural, especially when, when when your task is over, it's over. And her stepping in afterwards would be great. I think Trump King 2024 sounds super hot. What do you think? That's the way you pour the oil and you mend the wounds very easily. You bring both sides together at table and have a conversation. We've just, there is DeSantis 2020. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I've posted pictures of DeSantis that I had in my Obama Biden archive. Trump King. (laughs) You know, Cash would be able to sell a lot of those books because it's like almost like he knew, you know, I mean, you're having President Trump who won an award with um, Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr.'s own blood relative who is approachable, who is smart, who is eloquent. I think that's what we need. I think the people are the best advice. I think that's the way to go. I mean, could you guys just see it now? People chanting Trump King. I'm just saying because they mock him, right? And then he's trolling them with the King of the Jungle videos, right? The Lion King, because he roared. And we have our little MAGA lion, right? We could just add the logos of Trump King on it, and it's game over. It will make them foam at the mouth. They will be so upset that everything will crumble. Everything will crumble. I just, you know, it's 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 taking their shadow and taking everything they can't stand to say. You know, even though it's talking about Trump and Alveda King, it would be Trump King and they would lose their mind. Just imagine a rally. Just imagine the media having to play that over and over and over on TV. Just think. The reing you saw in 2016 is nothing compared to what's coming. Let's take a quick break. Funny how when music plays, that's not skewed on sound, but my voice is so weird. So weird. Now, let's 
take a look at what and where we are as a people right now. And as I say, I believe that a ticket of Trump and King for 24 is perfect. See, there we go buffering when I talk. So weird. But not a hiccup during music. Isn't that right? It's very annoying, actually. <laughs> so weird. See, we all have to remember history. And I think on the, on the documentary, it was actually mentioned. The farther back in time you can go, the further ahead you can see. So let's go to 1865 at the end of the Civil War. I want you guys to listen to this narration for a second. The bloodiest war in U.S. history almost ended a few days earlier when Lee's officers pleaded with the general to surrender. The soldiers were ragged, starving, and ready to quit. So that's the beginning of a narration of what happened during the final hours of our Civil War. What did they do? They were negotiating. Right now, guys, the negotiation is at end and it is being presented to you. Presented to you on a platter. Complete and utter loss. Of complete and utter confusion of having a handicap governor to, you know, machines not counting. And I'll actually tell you how they did it. I saw it. The missing piece was there. <laughs> Negotiations. It's done. It's finished. And now the people have to decide. You can't force them to decide because then you're no better than the other side. They have to do it themselves. And this is why we see some moves. I mean, kind of like the weird one. Like, how is Ali Akbar writing for Gateway Pundit? What's going on, Jim Hoft? Hmm? See, we're starting to see the camps form. We're starting to see the narratives twist. And we're starting to see how... Everyone is positioning themselves across the board. And you're in the middle watching all of this. So it is imperative as a voter and as a citizen of the United States that you stand in your still and observe very, very carefully. Because they are few and you are many. We didn't lose. This is a negotiation. You need to be paying attention. Negotiations happened. And this is it. We got the 1%. So there we go. There is a reason for that. Stand in your still and observe. Observe. And remember, it is decision time. They will throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. Every single media outlet. This is why President Trump said, de-sanctimonious. Totally coincidental. You must be paying attention to everything in order to do that. Do not take sides. Do not go down to rabbit holes. Turn them off. Pay attention to how things are now aligning and what people are saying. I posted that tweet from Will Chamberlain saying that he's off the chain. Remember where he sat before and who he was with. Look at how everything is going. Look at how people are formulating themselves. What assets they're joining with, what they're discussing, how they're sitting in certain camps. And some of them are so slick. They're trying to keep it almost 
Okay. Here's how they did it, though. And it was really fascinating to watch it. When I went yesterday to vote, I went into one place that only had one precinct. Therefore, I could observe easily and understand the process. Cuyahoga County was actually under the purview of the National Guard yesterday. While many of you were told by many to look at your Wi-Fi, they don't need Wi-Fi to cheat now. Don't be doffed. It sounded so silly to me that everyone was scanning their Wi-Fi. Why? Because it was more easier for you to identify discrepancies like that. But I want you all to remember the moment you voted. I'll walk you through mine. First of all, when I walked in, inside the lobby was a gentleman handing out Democrat cards. Voter cards. Here's how you vote for the measures, the judges, and the candidates. So weird. I thought there was a hundred-foot rule. I'm so confused. I walked down the stairs to the basement of the old church. And I am, there's a lobby with a lady telling me to stand to the side just in case people come in. There was not a lot of people. There were three people in front of me. And there were three little cube makeshift cubicles. I think they were made out of cardboard too. <laughs> Looked weird. Kind of like the stuff we used to do in school so nobody cheats. I took a screenshot of my Wi-Fi and it was the old church Wi-Fi. Guest and private. It was on. I paid attention to the people in front of me. And the person, the, the person immediately in front of me actually said, wow, it's pretty slow for voting day. And I said, yeah, hopefully people will vote for independence and people on the write-in list. Having said that to the gentleman, he picked up the writing list. He asked for it. Actually, told him you have to ask for it. He checks in, and then I go to check in. I walk up, jolly old man there, gave him my ID, and he had a little iPad in front of him under the protective screen, you know, COVID and all, right? Because it won't go on top of it. It'll just go straight forward. And he flipped the pad over. Kind of like, you know, now with the square and clover checkout things that we see where they, you tap your card, you know, and they flip over the iPad. So he flips it over after he scans my ID through infrared, I believe it was, or it took a picture. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know because I didn't see any light. So I'm assuming it was either a picture or, you know, one of those laser scans. He flips it over. I see my name, my address, and I'm supposed to sign, but I had to use my finger, you know, COVID. So it didn't even look like my signature, but whatever, right? He flips the pad over to himself again, looks at it, and this thermal ticket spits out. He takes that ticket and he scoots his chair, rolls back and says, hey, so-and-so, I need an I ballot. An I? I'm like, I'm independent. I'm unaffiliated. So he rolls his chair back up as he waits for so-and-so to bring the, the ballots because I had two of them, right? So many measures. I say, that's weird. So do you guys like separate the ballots? Like which one's for Republicans, which one's for Democrats, which one's for independents? He goes, yeah, 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 we do. Because, you know, the lady that he screamed out to to get the paper was there with a bunch of other ladies flipping the barcode things that you would cut off. So 
he takes my little thermal ticket, scans it, and then he scans my ballot. And I was thinking, well, that's not good. But I already knew that happens. Remember, I posted the minutes from the 2022 meeting of the Board of Elections in Ohio, where they said that their iPad communicates with the ballot machine to validate that I am the one dropping that ballot and that it has been scanned. But then, you know, they're not connected to the Internet. It's what do they call it? A repeater, right? That they just directly, you know, connect that nobody can hack that even though they were updating the iPad through the internet to update the app, right? Remember, it was all written down, right? So we know the fraud was coming. Like, even though I was telling Ohioans this, you know, it just went over their heads because they were so busy, red, 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 blue, blue, blue. It doesn't matter. It could have been purple, yellow, or orange that came out. The deal has already been sealed. You just don't know it yet. So I'm watching this. And I'm like, the first thing that I thought is, see, no one's going to be concerned the fact that there's no anonymity in your vote, meaning the computer already knows who you voted for, meaning that they collect the data of every single vote you cast, meaning they can target you. I hope you're paying attention down to your party. So I watched it and then I went and voted. I put two write-ins in, I voted for myself, I voted for, I did not vote along party lines, definitely, I did not like any of the measures that were out there, done, right, so I'm surprised how they passed since they were leftist measures cloaked in conservative speak, which is so weird, because people are still not getting it, and then I went to insert my ballot, the moment I put it in, it took the first one, accepted, second one, accepted, done. Now, on the news, I noticed that in Arizona, the tabulators were having a problem, so they were spitting the paper back out, not accepting it. And then we go to Pennsylvania, paper shortage. And then I'm like, there it is. See, the tabulator, like I've said for years, shuffles and encrypts and anonymizes your information, which is bullshit, right? Because the information is scanned at the tabulator, so the government already knows who you voted for and if you lied. You know, could you imagine if you know someone that's running and you tell them, yeah, I'm totally voting for you, and then they see because they can once they're in that you never voted for them, they're going to make your life hell because they can see it. Having said that, so as I watched the whole process, realized that ballots are targeted and coupled with where your party lines are, saw that they collect all our voting information and somebody's got that on a database. That could be a FOIA everyone can ask. Who collects the data from the optical scanner that scans the votes, right? Because if you remember, like I pointed out in my Supreme Court of Ohio case, but also in the Supreme Court of the United States, is that they don't count the votes. They count the ballots. So the ballots are optically scanned. What does that mean? Have you ever scanned a document? What does that mean? So again, who is collecting images of your private selection of candidates or support or not or no, no support to measures? That's right, the government. So there is no privacy even in your vote. 
So maybe someone outside the country also has that. Maybe somebody outside the planet has it. Doesn't matter. That's data. Data they can sell. Data they can weaponize against you. Data. So once again, I've realized just how misinformed the public is. Oh, it just scans the ballot. So then it tells the circles that were filled to the tabulator, and then the tabulator counts it. There's your answer. So where's the data of the scanned ballots? Who has that? Who owns the keys to the optical scanner data, to the scans of every single ballot? Oh, it doesn't matter. The ballot doesn't have my name on it, but it has the QR code or the barcode, depending on where you voted and what country. And that one is what? Linked to your identification. You see? You see how that works? Do you see how that works? Someone is collecting your data, and no one is talking about it. The government has a database with every single ballot you've cast. They know who you voted for, when you voted for them, how loyal you are to the party, non-party, who you write in, and everything. They know everything. Just like your social security number, your voter number, your inmate number. See how that works? So, having said that, and bringing to awareness that your ballots, your private choice, you know, voting is a private exercise of your voice. People don't have to know what you voted for. You have the right to keep your mouth shut because you may be pretending to be a liberal, but you vote straight conservative. Tomorrow, you may apply for a job, and there's a ton of liberals. Maybe you want to go into the military or for a government job. Well, all they have to do is peek into the way you vote, and therefore, they will realize what your deep desires are. So I guess that means that we should be politically correct when we vote, too, because we won't be able to get a job if we don't vote for the establishment. I hope you are listening carefully to what I'm telling you. So having said that, what happened in Arizona? Why were the tabulators not working? Well, here it is. It means that the tabulator was not recognizing the QR or barcodes, meaning either the ballots were fake and they were a mismatch, or the communication between the registration of your ballot, you know, when you pick it up, to the machine wasn't working. Therefore, they couldn't update the system with, uh, what do they call it? It's not internet, it's repeater. It's a closed internet, okay? Okay, stop being so uh, such a conspiracy theorist. So again, tabulator data, has to be updated at the time of check-in by those remote iPads where you scan your ID. The tabulator would not recognize the paper. That's why it wasn't accepting it in Arizona because there was a problem in the communication between the tabulator software receiving it, so the machine receiving the information from the iPad and vice versa. Whereas in Pennsylvania, they had a paper shortage, meaning, oops, We didn't print out the QR and barcodes correctly. 
We don't have enough. So we need to wait in order to get the right ones with the right codes on them to stimulate the tabulator, which leads me into the next phase. What do you mean the code for the tabulator? Aside from identifying you, I realized that the instructions in the encryption and decryption phase come from the ballot. In fact, the lines QR code and barcode may in a very masked way be giving instructions to the tabulator. So for example, on your ballot, you had little, I don't know, squares surround, you know, uh, what is it, bordering the whole ballot, right? Well, maybe the third one from the left had a little bit of an under ink, meaning something that the tabulator, that the scanner can read, but you can't. It looks just like a black square. And then combine that with the QR code and a portion of a barcode or another one. It gives a specific script instruction during the encryption phase. So basically, they're using the paper ballots. It's almost like hacking paper, but not really. But using paper to hack the tabulator, meaning to address the fractionalization or program they want the tabulator to run. So, in other words, the machines don't just have to go because they mine your private information and create a database with your voting preferences and therefore will force you to submit to their ways and therefore not having a job, but those that go against the system and vote the way they want to, that don't take voter cards and orders, that don't march blindly into blue and red cages, well, they still manipulate your vote there. So, you know, I know a lot of people at this point are extremely feeling extremely defeated because for the past two years, you had a lot of big heroes and, you know, influence influencers really trying hard to solve this. But each one of them went on their own path. And again, if you take a 40,000 foot view, each of them targeted every single thing I just addressed to you from just the vote yesterday. In 2020, it was a little bit more com- complicated than it is in 2022. In 2020, there were added factors to this. They singled out Dominion voting in order to create one fixation and focus on just one company. It was a setup from the get-go, like I said, in November of 2020, because the person who was defending Dominion was Mueller's former FBI counsel on the Russia hoax. That should have told you everything you need to know. I said all the machines have that software in the trapdoor, which is in the tabulator. So it was completely set up through infiltration. We were infiltrated um, in the attempts to remedy. It almost felt very scripted and guided. And they were trying to mitigate every single penetration to stopping them. 
See, one thing that we can do, aside from saying that we don't want the machines because they're rigged, pose, and listen carefully to what I say. I propose we all send FOIA requests to our Secretary of States and ask them who holds the optical scanning data. Like, where is that data? And wait for them to answer. The way we win is by a very effective class action lawsuit that doesn't challenge the ballot box, you know, the machines because they're rigged, but it challenges them because of privacy. Are you paying attention now? We don't need to tell them they're cheating. We need to tell them they're mining our data without our permission. Are you listening carefully? You want a solution. I'm giving you the solution. The only way we win is by formulating together that they are taking our private data of how we vote with these machines. That's game of last year to very important people. Not the ones that you would think. Like I didn't take this to Patrick Byrne. I'm actually going to take it to a few people after the show. Because one thing that I, mm, I guess it's a secret pleasure. Working, and it's so selfish, <laughs> working with these people, these evil, demented, non-earthly people, right? Because they're so evil. Is that they found pleasure in telling people what they're going to do so they can mock them and have them watch the train wreck in slow motion. So why not do the same to them? Here we come with privacy concerns that the federal government or the state government is collecting private identifying information that we have not consented for them to mine and store. How's that for a train wreck? We're well overdue to talk about these sunset clauses and the Patriot Act. And uh, what was that video that I showed you in Enjoy the Show where Rand Paul said, nobody said it's okay to mine all this personal data. Are you paying attention? Drop the argument of their rig to, I don't need the government to know how I vote because then they might not give me a job. But we won't do that. Well, I don't trust you for that. And you're not going to do that. You say that, but you are because you have shit like, I don't know, predictive analytics and work. You're using that when you hire people in the federal government. You're using programs to mine the data. And who's to say that you don't take my voting data? Therefore, I refuse to use anything that can be stored. Thanks. And I think at that point, it's no longer election denying. It's my privacy. You want to see fear? You tell the left that the way they vote, the way they feel dictates if they get a job or a loan. Hmm? You think they're going to say, oh, that's okay? No, they're not. What about the right? You tell them that the way you vote can be the deciding factor if you get a loan or a job or go to college, or school, right? Guess what the right will say? Yeah, I'm not with that. 
So again, rather than target this from a point of, hey, we have a problem because you're stealing our elections to we have a problem that you're violating our privacy. Suddenly, there's no election deniers. Suddenly, there's nothing the media can say. Don't you get it? That's all. Let's start the conversation. FOIA, ask, who holds on to this optical scanner data of the optically scanned ballots? Show it to me. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. See, this is how you change the conversation in the middle and lose. Change the conversation in the middle and then they lose. It's almost perfect. Almost too perfect, isn't it? Almost like it was written by one of the most incredible scriptwriters uh, anyone would ever meet. Well, I guess. So, on that note, I want to take a really short break. Really, really short break. So that we can... Oh, what did I... What? How do, how do I say this? So we can identify. Is that right? Identify? Does that sound too... Hmm? Identify? I don't know if I should say identify. How do I say? Pick out which camp some people stand on or don't from a 40,000 foot view, of course. Um, I believe the best way to do this is to take a break while listening to CNN. Uh, We're going to listen to CIA asset Anderson Cooper. Former Obama White House Senior uh, Director, uh, Nayara Huck, co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Dispatch, Goldberg and CNN Senior. quite a night. So, um, I mean, as of now, it appears Democrats avoided certainly uh, the wave, the tsunami, the shellacking that whatever. Pumping. The strong as they are. Now, it's not a clear majority um, for either party right now, but Democrats ran local races. And all, whereas on the Republican side, the Trump nominees were trying to ally themselves to Trumpism and MAGAism. Democrats managed to make national issues like inflation and abortion, local economic issues. And they, they managed to distance themselves from the politics figures and make it highly localized. One of the things we also saw because of that, uh, particularly in Pennsylvania and in Wisconsin, was youth voter turnout. In Wisconsin, 350% people voted this year than last midterm. For Fetterman, under the age of 45, overwhelmingly turned out for Fetterman, a candidate who is unapologetically progressive, uh, uh, campaigned on marijuana legalization. These are progressive, become stream public support issues. Well, uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of discuss how much of what happened in Pennsylvania was Oz, you know, wasn't a longtime resident of Pennsylvania and not a good candidate. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of different factors in this. Jonah, how do you see? Yeah, I mean, on, on the Pennsylvania one in particular, Probably one of my favorite statistics of the whole night is that, according to the exit polls, uh, Pennsylvania voters were far more concerned about the believe that being from New Jersey was a much bigger problem than having had a stroke. Mm. And I, I respect that in Pennsylvanians. Um, as a New Yorker, I have similar views towards New Jersey. Um, look, more broadly speaking, I think candidate quality mattered, and uh, Republicans had a lot of bad candidates. Um, but also, you know, look. The red wave happened. It just happened that Guam and Florida broke it. And the rest of the country 
country went the other way. And as a who doesn't like populism, doesn't like the Trumpy term, doesn't like the new nationalism stuff, I'm fairly ecstatic about all of this. This could not have worked out better for taking the air out of Donald Trump's balloon. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis, who has his flaws, but is now the, the titular head of the Republican Party. And that's good news. Uh, I just want to pause for a second. We've got a CNN projection. A win for pro-abortion rights advocates in Kentucky. Amendment 2 there has failed. That would have explicitly put into the state constitution that the right to an abortion is not protected. This is the fourth state that has now passed pro-abortion uh, back now uh, with uh, the panel. Um, you know, Ron? I've in in each race, and Democrats did succeed in many cases in localizing it. But I think there was a national story here as well. And that was that the coalition that turned out to oppose Trump in 2018 and 2020 largely held together. It eroded some around the edges, which is what you would expect with 9% inflation and a majority disapproving of the president's performance. But the basic coalition of young voters, people of color, college-educated whites, especially women in all of those categories, in state after state, they turned out in bigger numbers and gave Democrats bigger margins than either Republicans or most media analysts uh, expected. And they, again, held those swing states by and large for Democrats. And, you know, it is striking, Anderson, there were five states that made Joe Biden president, five states that flipped Trump in 16 to Biden in 20, Arizona, Georgia, in the Sun Belt, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, the Rust Belt. Trump, that Trump pushed through Marshall Walker in Georgia and those states for the, for the Republican Party that Trump has imprinted, has stamped on the party. Um, but so I hope you're listening during this short intermission of me talking and listening to how CNN is telling you the truth. They're telling you the truth, the absolute truth. They're telling you the truth. They're telling you that it's almost as if GOP set this up. And so if you know that you're being set up and you know that if you push against it, you fail, what do you do? You roll with it. If you know your enemies, then you know how to win the war. President Trump has sacrificed a lot. He's in the middle, taking so many hits. A corrupt AG going after him to hurt him and smear his name. I mean, we had a lot of CAA assets and establishment assets go after him. What was it? Rape, indecent behavior, PP dossier, right? They made him eat so much humble pie because all he wanted to do was help the country that he loves. They demonized him. And so DeSantis came along just a couple of years ago as President Trump was president. He popped up into the scene hard as governor of Florida, almost like it was perfectly planned to create the nemesis that the GOP, the establishment, would totally jump on to use this alleged nemesis to target the president. Can you see it now? And as they're using that nemesis, fighting the fires on all fronts, they miss the big picture. 
that there may be people doing things at the right time, at the right place. The infiltration within his MAGA movement is massive. The infiltration in the Anon movement is even more massive. But it's okay. It's supposed to cause confusion. You're supposed to learn how to discern things. You're supposed to learn how to discern and trust your gut. We've been fighting the wrong fight. Remember in November of 2020 what I said. Let's target the certification of the machines. No one listened. Maybe it wasn't time. Now everyone's talking about the cheating. We all know they cheated. How did that work out for us for the past two years? It didn't freaking work, did it? No matter how blatant it is, even the left acknowledged that there was cheating, right? So now let's make it a total clown show where we put a handicapped stroke man. Not only that, in Pennsylvania, they voted in a dead person. Yes, he died. Yet he was elected. Okay? A Democrat, Luca. He was dead and still elected because he died on October 9th, but no one updated that, so he won. We're going we're gonna to let them cheat and make it ridiculous. And we're going to fight them in certain places so we can look like we're still fighting the machines because of elections. No. We're going to start fighting them on privacy. We're going to start fighting them on privacy. And we're going to start telling President Trump his new run needs to be the biggest freaking troll. I want to hear them say Trump king in the same sentence just to piss them off. Not because he's a king. <laughs> It'll be hilarious to watch the left attack Martin Luther King's niece, a black woman, a woman. I've talked to you about national voter ID before. I told you exactly how they're storing the data. You're going to be like, but they did it before. Yeah, but even if I said it, you wouldn't care. We were too busy on the other things, and we were targeting this. For me, what have I focused on? The tabulator counting software. Why? Because that's where the magic happens on them picking their candidates. But in order to tell the tabulator to count, you have to optically scan your ballot. I mean, if you're voting on a machine, they already know how you vote. Do you not care that your privacy is being violated? See, that's the thing. That's the thing. You have to pose certain arguments at certain times. The machines were always my target since day one. Charge their certification. They're unconstitutional because they're collecting data that hasn't been authorized. Charge the certification. Charge the certification. Is it up to PII standards? Hmm? Where are the CTOs out there that listen to me? Is it up to PII standards? Hmm? See, we can accept that they cheat. We know they cheat. So let's not use that argument. Let's use the argument that you're going to weaponize the information you have against me. Period. Just weaponize my healthcare information, giving it out to car insurance companies, health insurance companies, businesses. 
I'm not letting you take my voting to target me too. Because then you control my speech. That's how we, that's how we win. That is how we win and that is where we need to focus. That is exactly where I'm going to be focusing on. And all of us should. And I know all my state groups will get together and we'll file one of the most massive class action suits of privacy violations America has ever seen. Just because there is a Patriot Act, just because we have an NSA agent on the other end of the line watching us when we're on the toilet, doesn't mean that we don't reserve the right to our free speech at the ballot box, shifting the argument. Because that's exactly what the problem is. Data. Data, data. Why do you think Connick was sending it to China? Why would they want to know your information of how you vote? Why would they need to know how you vote? Hmm. For your social credit score. Right? So when you apply for a job, they'll be like, no, 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 no. That person voted for Trump. They can't have a job. Here's the documentation. That person voted for this judge. Here's the documentation. Yeah, she can't get that insurance because she feels like this about this measure. No. So for all of you in the state groups that we have, I would urge a nice FOIA request, open records request, however your state calls it, to ask them who has the optical scanner data. And for those of you that use the DRE machines, who has the voter information data? Explain to me the process of when I click on the screen where I vote, what happens to that data? Who collects it? See, <laughs> that's how you win. Rather than say you're cheating, say you're violating my privacy and I didn't give you permission to do that because it could be weaponized against me. Don't you understand? I asked that question. Why would Conic be shipping the data to China to target you, to exclude you? So when the cryptocurrency comes in, the digital wallet, the digital money, they can penalize you and fine you for thinking or voting wrong. See, this isn't implemented right away. It takes a while. See, you don't have avatars as governors until you get a handicapped one that you just don't see anymore or, you know, a president that can't tie a shoe. When I wrote the article about Connick, I just to the attention that the military actually paid back millions of dollars for online voting. And that was a long time ago. So I don't want you to think that this is something new. This is something that has been in the works for a very, very long time. And this argument of privacy will blindside them. Because even the courts in D.C. use the magic wheel to figure out who they're going to hire for the jury. Clearforce is being used, and we have contracts that they have with brick-and-mortar federal governments that mine all your data. How much you want to make a bet your voter data is included, too. How do you think they only hire Democrats only through social media? You can live without that. You can have social media offline, right? This is the precipice. This is why we had to make the elections, the theft of the elections look so stupid, so 
blatant so that people pay attention. It's all about your privacy. To stop this new world order, you have to stop feeding them information. Data. 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 And the thing is, while they're listening to me say this, they believe that we can't get it done. If I'm talking about it, well, it means you can't stop the train. Unlike them, they get cocky. Yep, did say this two years ago. I did. Data, data, data. But no one listened, you know, because the left trashed me and pay attention. A specific portion of the right did too. Because they knew exactly who or what role I play in this. So for those of you that are upset... I want you to think, if it hasn't worked targeting the fraud, fraud was meant to wake up the left, then maybe we need to take it through another angle, which is privacy. They can't argue that. We know a lot of people want to have that conversation. And the left loves their privacy. For those of you out there thinking that it's a hopeless situation, you should just go and do absolutely nothing. What you do is what you get. What you put out is what you receive. What we need to do is get the liberals and the leftists in our camp. I mean, we did win the house after all. So if conversations have to happen, happen about privacy. Well, there you go. It's going to be really difficult for the Senate to say no when it comes to privacy. It's going to be really difficult for the Senate to say no when the left wants privacy. You should never give up just because somebody else said to. And that's how you win for the right. You get DeSantis, the alleged nemesis. So that way you can see where people sit. And for those that are in the camp of disinformation on the right, how you like them apples. It's lots of fun when people taunt you too, huh? And that's the thing. And, I, and in order to understand this better, I think what you need to rehear is President Trump's very specific speech. On that note, I will leave you with this. Now, please listen to the words of this man. God bless. Years from now, some of them may look back and ask themselves whether they've made the right choice, whether they've made the most of the opportunities they've been given. Together, we have the same mission. Over the course of your life, you will find that things are not always fair. You will find that things happen to you that you do not deserve and that are not always warranted. But you have to put your head and fight, fight, fight. Never, ever, ever give up. Don't give in. Don't back down and never stop doing what you know is right. Nothing 
worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. And the more righteous your fight, the more opposition that you will face. In your hearts are inscribed the values of service, sacrifice, and devotion. Now you must go forth into the world and turn your hopes and dreams into action. America has always been the land of dreams because America is a nation of true believers. When the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, they prayed. When the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence, they invoked our creator four times. Because in America, we don't worship government, we worship God. It is why our currency proudly declares in God we trust. And it's why we proudly proclaim that we are one nation under God. The story of America is the story of an adventure that began with deep faith, big dreams, and humble beginnings. The next generation of American leaders never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, never quit. Never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself. The more people tell you it's not possible, that it can't be done, the more you should be absolutely determined to prove them wrong. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. You must keep pushing forward. And always have the courage to be yourself. America is better when people put their faith into action. Pray to God and follow his teachings. Today, each of you begins a new chapter as well. When your story goes from here, it will be defined by your vision, your perseverance, and your grit. You will build a future where we have the courage to chase our dreams, no matter what the cynics and the doubters. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. As long as you have pride in your beliefs, courage in your convictions, and faith in God, then you will not fail. As long as America remains true to its values, loyal to its citizens, and devoted to its creator, then our best days are yet to come.
May God bless the class of 2017. May God bless the United States of America. And I just want to let you know that God blesses you. And I want to just say, you are special in every way. God bless you and God bless America. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. Thank you.